Section 15 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Mother Maps of the United States by Henry Gannett, Part 1. Presented before the Society, January 22, 1892. Introduction. We read of topographic maps and of geographic maps. Both of these classes of maps represent similar features, the drainage and other bodies of water, the relief of the earth's surface, and the artificial features, such as railroads, roads, towns, houses, etc. The distinctions between them are merely those of scale and of area represented. A map on a small scale and covering a large area is commonly known as a geographic map. Mother maps are those made from original sources of information. Commonly, they are the maps for the production of which a survey was carried on, while compiled maps are secondary productions, being reduced or changed in certain respects from the mother maps. Topographic maps may be mother maps or compiled maps. Geographic maps are in most cases compiled maps. Most of the countries of Europe have been surveyed under a uniform plan or system, and mother maps produced therefrom. In these cases, the mother map is everywhere of uniform quality and character. In the United States, on the other hand, Many partial surveys have been made under independent authorities and of widely differing degrees of accuracy, and the maps resulting therefrom differ in scale and value. It is my purpose to sketch the principle of these surveys, characterizing the methods employed and the accuracy and value of the maps which have resulted from them, in order to learn what parts of the country have been well mapped, what parts have been indifferently mapped, and what parts have not been mapped at all. Such surveys have been executed under authority of the general government and of state governments, and have been carried on by private enterprise. Surveys of the United States Government The Coast and Geodetic Survey The most prominent organization under the general government, and that one which is executing the most accurate work, is the United States Coast and Geodetic Survey, which, commencing its actual work in 1832, has continued down to the present time. During this period, nearly the entire coastline of the Atlantic, Gulf, and Pacific, with the exception of the coast of Alaska, has been mapped, together with a strip of inshore topography ranging from half a mile to five miles in breadth. The area of topographic surveys is not extensive, being at the present date only about 34,000 square miles. In addition to this work, triangulation has been extended inland in various directions for a number of different purposes. It has been extended southwestward along the Appalachian Mountains for the purpose of furnishing a suitable control for the work along the southern coast. It has been extended westward from the Atlantic coast, in the neighborhood of the 40th parallel of latitude to central Kansas, and from the Pacific coast eastward to eastern Utah, for the purpose of ultimately joining together by triangulation the work upon the eastern and western coasts. For assisting in state surveys, triangulation has been done in the interior in many of the states, among which are New Hampshire, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Wisconsin, Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Besides all this triangulation, Numerous astronomic determinations have been made in the interior. The triangulation of this organization is of the highest order of excellence. Topographic details are mapped by the plane table. The plane table sheets are in the main made on a scale of 1 to 10,000, or about 6 inches to 1 mile, and are published on various scales from 1 to 10,000 to 1 to 80,000. Contour lines at vertical intervals of 10 or 20 feet are located on the plane table sheets. The small-scale charts are published in hashers, those on the larger scales, commonly in contours. 
Geological Survey. The United States Geological Survey is the only organization which has ever undertaken to map the United States under a comprehensive and well-defined plan, and it has surveyed a greater area than any other organization. It was formed in 1879 upon the discontinuance of the three rival Western surveys, namely the Hayden, Wheeler, and Powell surveys. At first it was restricted in its operations to the public domain, but was soon authorized by law to include the entire United States. The work of topographic surveying on a large scale, with a view to mapping the entire country, was commenced in 1882, and has been prosecuted actively since that time. The work, wherever practicable, is controlled by triangulation, which, though not of geodetic refinement, is suitable for the control of the maps upon the adopted scales. Where it is not practicable to carry on triangulation for control, traverses are run for that purpose, with instruments of considerable power and with all possible precaution to prevent the accumulation of sensible error. Aside from the primary control, location is affected by graphic methods. The plane table is used for secondary triangulation and for traversing. Heights are measured with the spirit level, by vertical angles, and by aneroid. The maps are now published on two scales, one of 1 to 62,500, or about 1 mile to an inch, the other of 1 to 125,000, or about 2 miles to an inch. Considerable work has been executed on the scale of 1 to 250,000, but that scale has been abandoned. Relief is expressed by contours, the intervals ranging from 5 feet up to 200, depending upon the scale and upon the degree of relief in the country. The Geological Survey has worked in cooperation with four states, namely Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and New Jersey, and has completed the surveys of those states. It has also surveyed large areas in New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia and West Virginia, the Southern Appalachian region, Louisiana, Texas, Arkansas, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Missouri, Kansas, and the western states and territories generally. Altogether, an area of 550,000 square miles has been surveyed. The maps are engraved on copper. Three plates are required, the culture, drainage, and relief being printed in different colors. Lake Survey The shores of the Great Lakes and of the St. Lawrence River have been mapped together with a narrow strip of topography, by the organization known as the United States Lake Survey, which was under the control of the Engineer Corps of the United States Army. Besides mapping the shores of the lakes, this organization carried a belt of triangulation from the head of Lake Michigan to that of Lake Erie across the southern end of the peninsula of Michigan, and another strip of triangulation through eastern Illinois to the neighborhood of Vincennes, Indiana, and located by astronomic means a large number of points in the lower peninsula of Michigan. All these determinations of positions were connected directly with section corners of the United States Land Survey, to be hereafter described. The work of this organization was of a high order of excellence, comparable in most respects to that of the United States Coast and Geodetic Survey. Engineer Surveys In connection with river improvements, the United States Engineer Corps has made surveys of many navigable rivers. In many cases, these are merely local surveys covering trifling areas, but in the cases of the Lower Mississippi and the Missouri River, excellent maps, controlled by triangulation, have been produced. Army Explorations The western part of the United States has, ever since its acquisition, been a favorite field for exploration and survey. For a long time, the War Department monopolized this field. The explorations began with the famous expedition of Lewis and Clark in the early years of the century, followed by those of Long, Pike, and Fremont. Then, in the early 50s, came that remarkable series of explorations known as the Pacific Railroad Surveys. 
These were followed by numerous other army expeditions, some of which are of comparatively recent date. Altogether, a large number of military parties have traversed the Cordilleran region, and each of these expeditions has furnished more or less geographic information. Their methods of survey were, in nearly all cases, similar. A traverse survey of the route was made, using the compass for directions. Distances were measured by the revolutions of a wheel, or by estimates based on the time of travel. Points off the line were intersected upon, and thus located roughly with reference to the line of travel, and, resting upon this rather imperfect skeleton, the topography inside of the line was sketched, while that out of sight of the line was often added from the statements of hunters, trappers, and Indians. These lines were checked at intervals by astronomic determinations, the latitude being determined by altitudes of the sun or a star, the longitude by moon culminations or lunar distances, or by chronometer. Many such lines were run in various directions over the Cordilleran region. From such as were at that time available, General G. K. Warren constructed in 1857 the first map of the western United States which was in any way worthy of the name of map. Nearly all of the areas thus explored have since been resurveyed by more accurate and detailed methods. Survey of the 40th Parallel In 1867, Mr. Clarence King, a civilian in the employ of the War Department, organized a survey for the exploration of a strip of country adjacent to the line of the Union Pacific and Central Pacific Railroads. From the longitude of Cheyenne on the east to the eastern boundary of California on the west, and about 100 miles in breadth from north to south. This work, which was completed in 1871, comprises an area of about 87,000 square miles. It was published on a scale of 4 miles to 1 inch in approximate contour lines 300 feet apart. The work was controlled by triangulation, heights were measured by barometer and by vertical angles, and sketching was done in notebooks the sketches being adjusted to the locations in the office. Surveys West of the 100th Meridian This was the most extensive of the surveys within the Cordilleran region. It was commenced in 1869, and for several years was carried on by traverse methods similar to those followed by the other explorations under the War Department, and the maps produced were published on a scale of 8 miles to an inch, the relief being expressed by hashers. In 1873 to 4 to 5, the methods of this survey were radically improved. A system of control by triangulation was adopted. The scale of publication was increased from 8 to 4 miles to an inch, and areas, instead of lines of travel, were mapped. This survey was discontinued in 1879. The entire area surveyed is said to have been 361,000 square miles, of which 103,000 square miles was on a scale of 4 miles to an inch, the balance being on that of 8 miles to an inch. The Hayden Survey This organization, which was initially a geologic exploration, was instituted in 1867. No topographic work was done by it until 1871, when certain route surveys were made in Montana, Idaho, and Yellowstone Park. In 1872, similar surveys were carried on in the same region. Between 1873 and 1876, inclusive, the work of this organization was confined to Colorado and adjacent strips of Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah, while in 1877 and 1878 work was done in Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, and Yellowstone Park. During 1873 and following years, the methods of survey were greatly improved. The work was controlled by triangulation originating in measured bases, within which was a secondary triangulation, by means of which nearly all control points were located, traverse being used to locate only minor details of roads, streams, etc. 
Sketching was done in notebooks, and the sketching was adjusted to the control in the office. The maps were published on a scale of four miles to an inch, in approximate contour lines 200 feet apart. Altogether, an area of about 100,000 square miles was surveyed by this organization, which was discontinued in 1879. Powell Survey This survey originated in an exploration of the Colorado River, commenced in 1867. After the completion of this exploration, systematic work was undertaken in the territory of Utah, and up to the time of the discontinuance of the survey in 1879, about 67,000 square miles had been surveyed, comprised in Utah and the northern part of Arizona. The methods of work were quite similar to those of the Hayden survey, but with this notable exception that the minor control and the sketching were done upon plane tables, the sketching being adjusted to the control in the field upon the stations. The maps were published by the present geological survey on a scale of 1 to 250,000, the relief being expressed by contours 250 feet apart. Boundary Surveys The boundary lines of many of the western states and territories have been run at the expense of the general government, and in connection with these boundary surveys, narrow strips of topography have been mapped. In 1875, when public attention had become drawn to the gold deposits of the Black Hills, an exploration of this region was undertaken by the Indian Bureau under the authority of the general government. This exploration included both the preparation of a topographic map and a geologic examination. The map was produced on a scale of four miles to an inch in approximate contour lines. Public Land Surveys In the latter part of the last century, a system was devised for the subdivision of the public lands held by the United States for the purpose of cutting them up into convenient parcels for sale or other mode of disposal. The system then devised has been extended with little modification over all the states, with the exception of the 13 original colonies, together with Maine, Vermont, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Texas. Many of the states have been surveyed entirely under this system, while the others have been in greater part surveyed. The method of subdivision is a very simple one, and is learned by every Western child in connection with the alphabet. An initial point is selected, from which a baseline is run east and west, and a principal meridian is run north. At intervals upon this baseline, ranging from 24 miles upward, other lines are run north, known as guide meridians, and at similar intervals on the principal meridian, secondary east and west lines are run, known as correction lines. The blocks of country thus laid out into approximately rectangular shape are subdivided into approximate squares by running lines northward, eastward, and westward at intervals of six miles, forming what are known as townships. Each township is then subdivided by means of lines run at every mile in both directions, forming sections, each section being approximately a mile square. The north lines are theoretically run on true meridians and therefore converge, the convergence increasing from the baseline northward until a correction line is reached. Upon the correction line, a new start is made, the townships and sections resuming their former bases of six miles and one mile, respectively. The principal and guide meridians, the baselines and correction lines, as well as all other township lines in this work, are run by solar compass, and distances are measured by chain with considerable care. The subdivision of townships into sections is generally done with a compass, and the chaining is executed with less care. The accumulated errors in the survey of a township are thrown into the northern and western tiers of sections, culminating in the northwestern corner. In the prosecution of these surveys, no attention has been paid to geographic positions. The initial points have been selected arbitrarily, and it is only by connecting these surveys with positions determined independently that they have been located.
Such determinations have been made in abundance by one means or another, and they are well distributed, so that for maps on small scales there is no difficulty in locating these surveys. As these surveys have been made merely for the purpose of subdividing the land, little attention has been directed toward making them available for the production of maps. The instructions under which they have been made, however, require that the points of crossing of all streams by the lines of survey be noted, together with the directions of the streams, that all streams above a certain breadth, as well as the borders of all lakes and ponds, be traversed, and that the limits of all swamps and marshes and timbered lands be noted. Had these instructions been everywhere carried out, a large amount of geographic information would have been gathered, but unfortunately they have not been fully carried out, and hence the township plats differ greatly in the amount of information which they present. These plats are made on a scale of two inches to a mile, a scale many times greater than the degree of detail upon them requires. From these plats, with the addition of information from other sources, the General Land Office prepares and publishes a series of very useful state and territorial maps on scales ranging from 10 to 18 miles to an inch, and a map of the United States upon a scale of about 40 miles to an inch. There is another group of maps published by the general government, the material of which is in the main compiled, but which contains certain elements of originality. These are the postal route maps which are prepared by the post office department for illustrating the location of post offices and the lines of transportation of mails. The natural features of these maps are of course compiled. The boundary lines of counties, on the contrary, are in the main laid down directly in accordance with statute. The location of railroads is effected mainly by means of plats furnished directly from the railroad surveys, and the location of post offices is in a corresponding measure derived from similar sources. With the exception of a few minor matters, the above list covers the survey works and the sources of geographic information furnished by the general government. We turn next to the work done by the various state governments. End of section 15.